Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Joey and Amanda podcast. I'm Joey. And I'm Amanda. And this is a really special episode for us. Um, we sat down with my grandpa, my papa, the best. Papa Jerry, or Papa Rudzy, or Rudzy, or the Rudzinator. We don't call him that. But uh, Let's say I haven't heard that got, one. He's got a ton of nicknames, but we really could have done like a whole series with him. And maybe we will. Maybe we'll have him come back and do another chapter of his life because there's so many different dynamics and parts of his life that we could have talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was really special because we sort of keyed in on his college experience, which ended up leading to him meeting my grandma. The love I, of his life. The love of his life, who, who I unfortunately never got to meet. Um, so we really got to talk to him about what that day was like that he first saw her and met her and pursued her. And and the, the amazing part of this, too, is I, he is 81. 81. He's 82. 82. So this was a very long time ago. It was very different than how the world is now. Yeah. Um, so it's... I. Sorry, Papa. Very long time. <laughs> what am I? <laughs> so but, long ago. But but it you know the world was a different place. Yeah. So it's always interesting to hear about love stories before people even had telephones. And uh, I mean, and when I say telephones, I mean like <laughs> cell phones. I'm taking myself in a deep hole. Anyways, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, but he and he tells like a bunch of stories along the way that are great, and he talks about like you know how they got engaged, then he went to the army and what that was like, and then gives really great advice about how to overcome loss and and dealing with uh, loss in your life. Yeah. Um. So it's a this podcast episode has everything in it. It's mm-hmm. got everything. It's you know it's got a heart. It's, it's got, really it's got funny. Comedy and, yes, he's so funny. And it's got knowledge and it's history. In, in history. Enjoy it. Sit back and relax and listen to my papa. <laughs> papa Jerry. First saw Grandma Marianne. Oh, okay. And the that the pursuit of her and what that was like. Stalking. <laughs> not only is it a great story, but <laughs> not only is it a great story, but it's such a different time. Yeah. So well, let's talk about that. I'll set the scene. Set it. Let's go back to 1956. Okay. I have graduated high school. Living in New York City for my life, all my entire life. Never been west of the Henry Hudson uh, River. Never. Never. Nobody in my family had ever been on a plane. And here, I decide to go to the University of Wisconsin to find the greener pastures of college life. (laughs) I leave the big city. I leave the crowds. I leave the subways, I leave the apartments, and I go for some fresh air. So how did you even know that, like how did you even know that was an option? Well, what happened was, 
My uncle on the Rudman side, Uncle Harry Rudman, was a professor of English poetry at CCNY City College of New York. But in the summer, he took his family and taught British poetry at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And in my growing up, he always said to me, Jerry, when you're ready to go to college, you've got to go to the University of Wisconsin. So I kept that in back of my mind, but it was just there. Then I went into my counselor in my senior year, and I had been active in borough discussion, and at the time in New York City in the 50s, the Liberal Party was one-third of the population of New York City, the Republican Party was one-third, and the Democratic Party was one-third. So the Liberal Party was a very vibrant, and I was in that milieu in the Liberal Party Section. Section of mm-hmm. whatever you want to call yeah. it. And from the activities in high school and the things that I did and the things I was involved with, my counselor looked at me and he said, Jerry, you would be safe at the University of Wisconsin. Mm. Because they had a very had a reputation of being a bastion of, of liberalism. It was a place where Bohemians, people, uh, people who liked being the Bohemian lifestyle, were welcomed, and it was a a place that uh, was um, vibrant with the academics that were in the liberal arts. So when he told me that I would be safe at the University of Wisconsin, <laughs> to me. Safe was pretty good, you know, so I was thinking that. But then I had to convince my parents that I wanted to go there, and I did want to go there. At that time in New York City, if you went to a city school and you had a B average, you had free tuition at any one of five major city universities. CCNY, City College of New York, Brooklyn College, Queens College, Hunter College. Did I say five? I think the... I guess they were just four. Uh-huh. Brooklyn, Queens, CCNY. I'm not thinking if there was another one. Uh-huh. And I had to be average, and so I had free tuition. Uh-huh. And my parents were saying, free tuition is free tuition. You're going to go to Queens College, which was right where I was living. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to live at home. I didn't want to commute. I wanted a college life. I wanted yeah. to get out of New York, and I just, I just fought like heck, just kept pushing i said i'll work i'll do anything (laughs) the university of wisconsin tuition at that time for an out-of-state student was 250 dollars a semester 250 dollars a semester oh my (laughs) god that is that's ridiculous it's like forty five thousand dollars now oh my god 250 (laughs) oh my god you know but 250 dollars was more money money at that time but still so I finally convinced them to let me go, and I went. So here I now, and describing 1950, now we're talking about 1956, Korea is over, the Korean War is over, and it's well before the Vietnam War, so it's a very quiet period in political life. At the University of Wisconsin, there are about 18,000 students, including undergraduates and graduate students. And Madison, Wisconsin is probably about 90,000 total. 
and Madison is the capital of the of of Wisconsin, and yeah. you know the capital, second tallest capital in the nation, behind Washington, and it is a spectacular site, so beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous building, so beautiful there. So the setting was right, nothing going on to worry about. Here I am at the most romantic place I can be. The lakes, there are four lakes that are a part of, of, of Madison. Madison itself is on an isthmus, which is very unusual. Just a strip of land on both sides are lakes. And the university is hundreds of acres of rolling hills. And it's just trees and, uh, and the lake, Lake, Men- lake Mendota, friendly lake, beautiful lake. Well, I fell in love with the yeah, place. Did you did you go see it before you? Never, no. So you you committed. You just trusted. I that, trusted. Yeah, I wanted to go there. I didn't amazing. commit. I got on a plane the first time. I got on Northwest Airlines. You know what my route was? New York to Detroit. Detroit to Chicago. Chicago to Milwaukee. Milwaukee to Madison. Madison. Five wow. stops on the plane. Wow. wow. When I landed. I had a double hematoma in both ears. That means I broke a, mo- a small blood vessel in each ear, oh. and my ears were stuffed, oh. and I couldn't really hear. Oh, well. uh-huh. and that Ouch. finally, no, we, you know, after a while, you know, by December, uh, the scabs fell out of my ear. <laughs> oh my god! Actually, actually, one rolled out of my uh, out of my ear in a history lecture. Uh, history three oh. I'm sitting there with a green sweater on and all of a sudden the scab falls out rolls off on my sweater <laughs> and the girl sitting next to me looks at me like oh man oh, that's oh disgusting <laughs> so how anyway. do you remember this yeah. you're making me worry about my own memory no, i i no you remember exactly not. what what class it was yeah history yeah history three. Oh my gosh well, Isom. And, and professor isam Professor Eason, you're, you're, you're unbelievable. Well, hey, yeah, your memory is, I have a good is memory. spectacular. It's like my grandmother So I too. got yeah. very excited, and you know, it was my first. Oh, you know, being free and and uh, and yes, I lived. So, oh, I I there was no room for out of state students. Mm-hmm. So I in my I was in a, what we call a rooming house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, so an independent living. And I was, of course, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, man, I'm going to live in this house with a big oak tree in front and all that. <laughs> of course, there was no oak tree. It was a <laughs> brick house. And it was, but it was, it was great. And I met my roommates, uh, three roommates. Uh, in any event, it was, I met them. We got along great. Lived in a quad. We then a double-decker bed. I was the upper on one bed. And uh, I had a chance to put my... Uh, portraits of Ella Fitzgerald above my bed of course everybody thought that was kind of strange but (laughs) I happen to like Ella Fitzgerald so everybody was had these pin-ups and my pin-up was Ella Fitzgerald I just Uh, that's great oh my god that's awesome and what are you studying what what, what, oh so I uh was uh liberal arts was was the was the the uh, focus was the book was the book was the course yeah okay and then within it uh First year, I took zoology. That was five credit lab science. That oh, was nice. a very, it was a very, it was a very good course. And it was at that time when you went to school, you really went to school. You had classes and <laughs> hours, and you know, I was in school a lot. So I had zoology. I took Hebrew. I took uh, 
uh, history. Um, oh, and I took ROTC. Oh, so nice. ROTC is Reserves Officer Training. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin was a land-grant college. That meant every male student had to take ROTC for the two years. And then if you decided to take it for four years, <clears throat> you would be commissioned as a second lieutenant in the United States Army or Air Force uh, um, at graduation. And they paid you $39 a month mm. uh, in the last two years. And at that time, uh, $39 a month could take care of my rent uh, on an apartment. So wow. I committed for the four years, and I took ROTC as a part of, uh, of that. And knowing that I was going to serve in the Army at some point, because <clears throat> my parents and my uncles had all served in World War II, and I just felt that uh, that was something that I was planning to do mm -hmm. so it, part of being in the army was was a commitment that i i made yeah and that's just the way it was yeah and everybody took took it for two years got it and i had pe and oh god i had to pass a swimming test in order to graduate wisconsin you had to be able to swim so they gave me <laughs> yeah that's a really absolutely that's so they real. gave me a swimming test with everybody else and the male swimming test was no bathing suits. You what? all what? No bathing suits for men. <laughs> I can't. Are you? Is this I'm real? Serious? That. No bathing suits. Everybody gets in there, and you have to take you take the breaststroke, the side stroke, and the backstroke. And if you pass those three, you don't have to take swimming as a part of your PE requirement because you had to take besides your your courses and ROTC. You also had to take physical education for a year, and you could choose your sports. It was like four quarters, mm -hmm. uh, but if you you had to swim. What's the angle with well, the nudity yeah, part? Why, <laughs> well, why? because guys, they didn't have uh, swimming suits, and uh, there was no swimming suits, and it, that's the way it was. <laughs> no sh what about shorts? You can't Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Underwear? Nothing. That's oh the way it was. I've never just, heard of that. Well, that's the way it was. So wow. jumping into the pool, okay. I passed my breaststroke. Nice. I passed my side stroke. Nice. I failed my backstroke. Oh, so that then you had to... I had to take a quarter of the semester of, of the year in swimming, and my quarter turned out to be January and February when oh, it was so cold there and it snow and all. It was so freezing. No heated pool. To pools? jump into that pool, no heated pool. Jump into that pool and do it. Well, I finally passed after the semester, so I could graduate at some point because uh, yeah. I did pass the swimming test. But yes, that that was true. Uh, now, wow. for women, it was different. They had bathing suits for women, but not for men. No bathing suits for men. But at the same time, listen, men had no hours. You had no hours. You didn't. You were not responsible for being in your dorm or in your room or anything. You were allowed to be up and about all day, all night. Women had hours. That's so ridiculous. Women had to be in the what dorm. Were the, what were the hours? For freshman women, yeah. they had to be in the dorm or in their, uh, their, their um, uh, independent living facility by 10 o'clock yeah. every night. Friday night, they were allowed to stay up until 12 o'clock. I think, and Saturday, 12.30, Sunday was 10 o'clock, 
and they had hours. Women were not. Didn't so have, what happened if a woman stayed out till like 11 o'clock or yeah, something? Well, she would get late minutes, and a certain amount of late minutes would add up to be not being allowed to go out at all wow. uh, on Friday or Saturday out. night. And uh, it, it was before the women's movement mm-hmm. at the time. We're now talking 1956. So there was definitely inequity there yeah. with, wem- with men and, and women. And what was like the overall feeling in the community about that? Like were, it was, just was it just the way, the way it was? It was? Just the way it was. Or, or, or was there pushback or like uh, complaining? There was no or, real or pushback at all in terms of... I don't remember any pushback. It was accepted. That's the way it was. Oh my I didn't. God. I didn't see any resistance at all during the four years that I was there. Mm-hmm. And remembering it was a quiet so time before the women's movement, before Vietnam, before love children, and all the changes that went on in the in in the world at the time in the country, and that's just the way it was. Mm. And uh, it made it very difficult because can you imagine too that women, you know. They would wait for the phone to ring for a guy to ask them out on a date, you know. And the whole uh, situation in Madison was, you know, school was hard. I mean, it was long hours. It was a lot of work. It wasn't, uh, it was tough until you Mm -hmm. had to study. But come Friday and Saturday night, especially Saturday night, there's no way I'm going to miss a party on Saturday night. (laughs) Yeah. And Friday night was a night, usually we had a beer supper. I joined a fraternity. And we had a beer supper on Friday night. That meant the fraternity goes and picks up the sorority that they have. They bring them back to the house. And what do we do? We dance. You know, that, that was, it was great. Everybody liked to dance. And so we were dancing Latin American music mostly. Uh, the cha-cha, the rumba, the merengue, the tango, wow. and then the Charleston. <laughs> and then the, I wasn't and expecting then the, that. And then the Lindy, and then the uh, Jitterbug, and then the Foxtrot. So those were our social dancing, and we had a guy in the fraternity, his name is Roger Duell, a very good friend of mine, who was great at the cha-cha. <laughs> and so on Friday, before we picked up the girls, he'd line up all the boys, all the guys, and we would have partners with each other, we were each other's partners, and he would go, one, two, cha-cha-cha, three, four, and he played the music, and we all learned how to dance. So when the girls came over from the sorority, they would, we would be ready for them. Put the music <laughs> on, we dance, and then we had beer and a, and a dinner, beer supper. We had, uh, you know, we didn't drink a lot, but we had some cans of beer mm-hmm. and stuff, and then we had a supper. Wasn't and like the kids these days. And, yeah, then, oh, and no. then what we would do was we'd walk them back to their sorority house, and then we would serenade them. A little so song, singing little, little was song important as part of our routine is that we had songs, fraternity songs, that we sang to the girls after we took them back to their <laughs> sorority house. We would sing Good different night. songs. Well, they were sort of <laughs> slow ballads, but they were like, well, we had like, we are jolly laddies. So that was a very, you know, we are jolly laddies, jolly laddies, we and <laughs> United is our camaraderie. So we would sing that, and then we'd go, we sing Sweetheart. Of Pi Lambda Phi, will you forever be true? Years passing by will awaken a sigh, a beautiful vision of you, dear. And we so would sing. You also sang uh, 
you also performed like it. Um, I did. I got into uh, so some something that like people who yes. people who know you now yeah. wouldn't be surprised to know that You're you. Right. Well, the fraternity was a great social life. And then Saturday, we always had a party. Yeah. And because we weren't big beer drinkers, we always had a band. Uh-huh. So we had live music, live uh-huh. band, live uh-huh. dancing. And we had a gorgeous house on Lake Mendota with a big marble floor and a huge window facing the lake. Yeah. Oh, my God. This house was gorgeous. Yeah. And we always had a party and we always had music, but we would entertain ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we would... Uh, do skits and we would sing and stuff like that. And so it was an outlet like some of my friends and I would get together. And so oh, we, you were probably so good. We it's we like became uh, we became we would call the haircuts. And it was sort of the a takeoff haircut. on Sid Caesar and Carl Reiner and Howard Morris, the Sid Caesar show. Um, and it was the haircuts. Yeah. And the three of us would sing. Uh, we would make up a song. So. Uh, <laughs> And we would sing in front of the, 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 the fraternity with their dates. Yeah. And so we would sing. It was like uh, your band. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and yeah. so we would sing. Uh, uh, one of the songs we sang was uh, Going Crazy. So it, it was very simple. It had two words. Two, the lyric was simple. Two lyrics, two yeah. words. Yeah. Going Crazy. Yeah. And then at the end, we added two more. So it went like this. It went like something <laughs> yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. Going crazy, babadoo, da doo Going crazy, babadoo, ba doo Going crazy, babadoo, ba doo Going crazy, ba doo Going crazy. Going crazy. Going crazy. And we just keep going. And then at the end, we go, over you. But we had a little choreography with that. Yep. Nice. So that was one of our songs. And the other song. I like that one. I... I uh, I can't think of the other song right now, but the other song was even better. But I can't think of, I can't think I like of the, the name. Crazy I, one. I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, in any event, so yeah. that and the fraternity was there were so many events where you teamed up with a sorority. Fraternity life at Wisconsin wasn't big. It was maybe about fifteen, ten to fifteen percent of the population. Yeah, of eighteen thousand. Uh, that's pretty small, yeah. And it was concentrated around Langdon Street, uh, and uh, and they may have been uh, ten or eleven sororities, and maybe about maybe fifteen to eighteen fraternities. Yeah. And uh, it sounds was, like such a nice, but it was nice that, that it was nice that we. It's so much different from oh fraternities God. now are not like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But but that sounds so nice yeah. and, and yeah. special. And yeah. we also had different things with like charity. And so part of uh, one of the events that we had was called Humorology, which still exists there. So it's where a fraternity and a sorority get together and they write an original show, about 15 minutes. They write the words, the music, and then they compete against each other. Uh, so and they narrow down to, say, say, maybe six finalists. And then they, in the spring... After you have worked so hard, you perform in, at the Union, Memorial Union. The Union at Wisconsin is the heart of Wisconsin. That mm-hmm. is, the Union, was everything took place there. All the culture, all the events, all the uh, performances, all of the guest lecturers, yeah. all the musicians, everybody yeah. who came performed at the Union. And we were in the big theater there, and we were on for three shows, 
and then they would judge and they would pick the winning the winning show the winning yeah. show and my fraternity uh had uh at the time uh had won maybe well, I had one. I knew they 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 won one. I guess the le- the one before, and then I came in, and I tried out in my fraternity. I had to try out, and I was a freshman, and you know the chances of trying out as a freshman is not so great because yeah. everybody wants to be in it. But I got in it as a freshman, mm-hmm. and we were with the Kappa Kappa Gammas, and it was called uh, Bad Bad Monday. Bad Bad Monday was a show. Uh, about an advertising agency that for some reason left all the Mondays off of the calendar. So therefore, they had to go out to convince the American public that Monday is totally unnecessary. Is this like a sketch or is it more like a play? No, it's a skit with music and choreography and dancing. so fun. (laughs) And so... And, and you guys wrote it, and you so guys they wrote, wrote it. The music yeah, they could, I didn't do any of the writing or write the music, but yeah. everything was done choreography, mm-hmm. the fraternity, and the sorority. Yeah. We did it together, that's, and that's then great. we uh, we put it on, and then we performed it, and and then at the very end, uh, they end up resolving it by making Monday the thirteenth month of the year. So uh. they added the month of Monday, which is a total vacation month, and that's how they sold it to the American public that Monday. It's a great idea. <laughs> it was great, and it won, won first place. Oh wow! And then again, after that, we won uh, the next year with plumbing, the depths of knowledge, where a plumber comes to the university to fix something. He gets caught in the assembly line of registration, uh. and the next thing he knows, he's in class, and the next thing you know, he graduates, <laughs> and he never gets to do his plumbing. So <laughs> that was that was fun. And then the third year, and then the fourth third year, we. Uh, that year with the Gamma Fives and the third year with the DGs, we did uh, a show that didn't win. And then the fourth year I was in it, and we did with the a uh, uh all on the 10 o'clock train. It was, uh, at that time, Hawaii and Alaska were just added as states, and that changed the geographic, and it made Bleak Creek the center of the, uh, of the, of the, of the, of the United States, because that was the central point, adding in those two states. And Bleak Creek was a town of 50. Mm-hmm. So uh, putting them on the map, how is Bleak Creek going to change? So that was the theme of that. But it was so much fun it being, being really performing. Nice. And actually, let me say this, that after the first year that Bad Bad Monday was such a great show, that 20th Century Fox sent a talent scout a guy who was well-respected named Ben Bard. He came and watched the show wow. and watched everybody perform and picked out two of the Kappas to take to Hollywood wow. for a screen test at some point, either after school or whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah that's so, amazing. Wow. Nothing ever happened to yeah, them yeah. after that. But I was waiting to hear a big name. <laughs> no, 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 no. And nothing nothing true. ever happened to it, but... Boy, everybody wanted to be picked. I yeah. thought that was great. So the, so, the whole idea of it was carefree. It was so, and the, the, the campus was very romantic, and everything about it was, and life was very good. Well, yeah. that's a good uh, segue into um, another part of Madison that is the reason that it's a special place for me 
is you met somebody there yes. who uh, yes. became the reason that I'm here today. Yeah. Um, can you... That changed so many lives, changed my life. I oh, mean, yeah, sure. And so I want to know, I want you to like walk through the day. I will. Well, first of all, I'll tell you that mm. being a guy who... Like to go out and like to go to parties. I don't think I ever missed a Saturday night. I always <laughs> had a date, and I always, you know, went to the fraternity house. Because let a me just party. say too, what's different about what like the going out then to now then is you would go, you'd have a date. Right? Oh yeah, you made a date. You would make a date, and one even on if you one. went out with friends, it would be very rarely. When we lived in a senior year, we had apartments. Uh, we did do dinners together. We actually all. But you would all have dinner. dates, right? Oh, or we no? all had dates. But so that's so now that's not like how. No, it was it now. was always the date was always a one on one, or maybe you double dated, but right. rarely did you do anything. But it was not gonna, group, right? And and all uh, right, right, right. You know the whole thing was on Sunday, previous to the Saturday, you we we'd line up in the fraternity house as a public phone. And everybody would be calling to get a date for the following oh Saturday. God. Oh, for the next week? Yeah. So I always wanted to have a date because I wanted to think about it Monday through through Thursday. Because there's the scramblers. Because I was the, in school. The week scramblers. You know, I was in school and I had studying and I, I didn't want to. You didn't I want to have my scramble. I wanted to know Saturday, Sunday night the who my date was yeah. for the next Saturday night party. That yeah. is so funny. So you'd have to make a line. We'd had a line. Everybody had the phone and... You know, one at a time, you go in. But can you imagine... you have a time how, limit? No, but can you imagine how hard it was for the girls? Are you competing with people to... to well, well you, you I'm know, calling you did, this well, and you you're... Know, and you know, I'm, you do run into situations where fraternity brothers date the same girl. Yeah. Yes, it's true. <laughs> that, that does cause some problems. It's happened to me two or three times. But, so you, so, but it's all right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sometimes it's a Friday night and a Saturday night, you see? so The Bachelor back so, then? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> It's all but, right. But think about the women who were sitting there waiting for the phone to ring. That's the only way they went out. Oh, my gosh. Because if you didn't have a date, are you not going? You're not going out. Or you're going oh out with your friends, and you're going someplace else. You go to the movies. You, watch, you know, some women who didn't go out, they would meet with their friends, and they'll do something for that. But they're not going to the fraternity. Because yeah. the fraternity was a dated-by-invitation party. Oh, I know. Not fair to the women. Yeah. The women, it was like, it wasn't right. It wasn't yeah. fair. It yeah. wasn't fair. So anyhow, uh, my senior year. Yeah. I'm, it's like September. Yeah. And it was like a Friday afternoon, and I'm on the top of Bascom Hill, and I'm getting ready to walk down the hill, and my eye glances over, and I see this cutest <laughs> and she was wearing a green trench coat with a little black collar and she was wearing tennis shoes she's wearing a skirt like a plaid skirt and then she was wearing tennis shoes with wigwam socks you know the athletic socks yeah yeah and and i don't know my i i just i was something about her that I said, I'm going to follow that girl. <laughs> but she was with some friends, and I'm not going to, you know, I just, I want to see where she lives. So I followed her down Bascom Hill and up Langdon Street, 
And then at Carroll Street, she and some friends made a left and went into a private dorm called Carroll Hall. And it was right on the lake, right mm -hmm. on Lake Mendota. It was a new, it was a new independent living facility for girls. It was a, it was all glass. It was a very pretty building, and it was very nice. So I followed them in, and then as they went in. I said to somebody standing there, hey, did you see that gal who walked by with the green trench coat? And the girl said, oh, you mean Marianne Fell? Ah, that's right, Marianne Fell. <laughs> so I got her name. Then I'm in the dorm, and there's a lounge. Mm -hmm. And then there's a phone. So I pick up the phone, and I ask Marianne Fell's room. And, well, I waited till she went upstairs in the elevator. So, so the phone rings, and I go, Hi, hi, Marianne. I said, <laughs> my name is Jerry Rudman, and I followed you home. And, uh, and this, all I heard was like laughter, like started laughing. He said, I followed you home, and I'm wondering if would you like to come down to the lounge and meet me? And I'd like to meet you. And so she started laughing. She says, well, I'll only come down if I can bring my roommate. And I said, sure, bring your roommate. So she brought her roommate, Bonnie Freed. She was from Cleveland. And she sat down there, and she was laughing and giggling, and Bonnie Freed was there. And then we talked, and we just had a nice talk. And then I asked her if I could ask her out at some point, and yeah. she said yes. And so that's where it started. Gosh, we dated the... I didn't date anybody else at that point, and we just dated and How old were closer. you? I was... Uh, 21 well yeah. at what point are, are you do you start realizing that this that you that you may have just met your person that you well that i have felt that all along that i had uh-huh and now the question was um you know at the time you were uh, you know at that particular time in life people were thinking of getting married early yeah. You know, many women went to a school for two years. They didn't find their husband. They went to another school. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> marriage was the degree. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it was right, but that was your MRS, you see. And yeah. uh, so marriage was I've something. Heard somebody say that, actually. That everybody uh, was thinking that when they get married, uh, when they leave school, leave school, they're going to... Uh, well, for my sake, I had to go into the army, and then after that, I get a job, and then for sure, I'm I'm getting married. Yeah, yeah, MRS. You know, yeah, yeah, right. And so, uh, what happened was, uh, we were we had fallen in love, and at least we thought what we knew what love was. Of course, we knew a lot more after we were married that we were really in love, but we were feeling that we were in love. And, and then you guys, and you're talking about getting married. We're talking about it, and then what happened was this is uh, this was it. So now we're fast forwarding now. Oh, and Pearl and Fred, my future in-laws, and Susie and Debbie, my sister-in-laws, who I consider my sisters, uh, they had gotten the message at home that Marianne really liked this guy, and so they came up to do a little investigation. <laughs> and so I met them at a restaurant at, uh, in Madison, and they were all sitting there, and Debbie was looking at the menu upside down and uh, <laughs> giggling behind it. And I met Pearl and Fred, and I fell in love with, with them right away. Yeah. With Pearl Fell, I mean, uh, Marianne's mother, uh, man, the best. Yeah. So June 5th was the last, was the end of classes, end of finals. And June 6th 
was the day that I was graduating and I was being commissioned as a second lieutenant in the military police corps. And so that Friday, that June 5th, Mary and I, we went out for dinner. It was a gorgeous night. I can't tell you how beautiful it was. The sky was filled with stars. I had never seen so many stars in my life. And when we went up Bascom Hill after we ate dinner to the uh, right where the planetarium is, at the top of Bascom Hill and looking up to the stars, honestly, you could have reached out and touched them. There were that many. And the light, the, the light was. And that's where I, I told her that I loved her and I want to get married. But right now, I'm going to give you my fraternity pin. <laughs> and, and that's called being pinned. Mm -hmm. So that was not engaged, but that was being pinned. Mm -hmm. So she had my fraternity pin, which was my commitment to her. And she would wear my fraternity pin on her clothing to show that she was pinned mm. to yeah. me. To me, mm. with the idea that time would go on and that we would eventually get engaged and eventually get married, and we sort of planned out things in our minds, and uh, we talked about what it would be like. You know, I, if I told you that. You know, it could have been that night that we named four sons, that we were going to have four sons, and we named them, and uh, we, uh, you know, we thought we would, uh, I would go back to go in the Army, and Marianne would continue at school while I was in the Army, because at that time, we wrote le letters to each other. That's how we communicated. Uh, yeah. And you, did you say you left the next day? No, left day, I oh. graduated, and oh. then I left the next day, Marianne was there that oh, she went I can't back imagine to how hard that and, is. Like, and then I left yeah. and oh drove my back. God. My parents came in for graduation by car and we drove back to Illinois. And then I would uh, call Marianne on Sundays because that was when the long distance rates were reasonable. And that's when you did a lot of long distance calling. But I wrote her every day. I wrote a letter to her every day and she wrote to me every day. And where were you at this point? Fort Gordon in Georgia, in Augusta, Georgia. Uh -huh. How long would it take for the <coughs> letters to get back and forth? Well, it was a few days, but we yeah. wrote every day, so there was always something coming in. Yeah. And she saved the letters, and of course she put them in a nice, she made a nice big box container with a felt, and then she wrote love letters from Jerry and stuff. You know how women yeah. do these things. Yeah. Me, I put them in a plastic bag. You know, <laughs> I saved all the letters. So we have at home... You have them all. Years worth of letters that yeah. we wrote wow. to each other. And that's how we were communicating with each other. And the plan was, Marianne, you stay in school, go into your sophomore year. I'm going in the Army. I had six months in the Army, active duty, and seven and a half years in the reserves, which meant just commitment on weekends and maybe two weekends a, a year. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I had a seven and a half year commitment in the reserves. So I went in, did my... There, I was at Fort Gordon, Georgia, and then I transferred to uh, I transferred to Fort Jay in New York City on Governor's Island, and that's where I was able to get started interviewing for jobs and doing other things too. So because it was just the weekends that you had, and then she would come into New York, and she would stay with me, and then I could go out there, you know, uh, occasionally and visit, but it wasn't on a regular basis. It um. was whenever. Because she was in school and then I was working, but the our focus was we were to get married in 1962. 
That was the plan. That was the plan initially. And what year is it? At this, this is point? now. It's nineteen. It's the end of nineteen sixty. It's the beginning of January of nineteen sixty-one uh-huh. when Marianne comes into, uh, and I get we get engaged. Got it. We got engaged in New York City. Can we skip ahead to you getting out of the army? Or I got out of the army, uh, uh, and then I got a job on Wall Street. I had already interviewed for a job on Wall Street, and I was working as a trainee. And we were planning getting married in '62, and I worked uh, to get my license. And then I was licensed as a registered representative. I worked with a, a firm in New York, and then I uh, was starting to, you know, starting to make some money. And I felt that. that we needed the time to do that. Meantime, Marianne said, <laughs> she said, I'm not waiting till June of 1962. I want to get married in June of 1961. And now yeah. I'm in January of 61. I'm just starting out in the business. She said, no, let's get married earlier. And and I said, wow, gosh, I don't know if I'll have any money and I'll save up enough money. She said, don't it's worry about it. Story, huh? yeah. She said, don't worry <laughs> yeah. about it. We'll work it out. We'll be this. We'll find. Let's get, we'll get to do this. So, Sure enough, we decided to get married in June of 61. Meantime, mom working in New York, Marianne is in school. Yeah. And then she has to get ready for the wedding in June after school. And so, uh, and I I, I say, well, I'm working. I can't come out there until like Thursday for a Saturday wedding, I think it was. Oh, my gosh. And so. uh, Who planned it? Pearl. My mother-in-law oh, planned everything, and then I, uh, you know, I, I nice. got, <laughs> I, you know, my, the people who were standing up for me were my buddies from Madison, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we. You was were, she in her senior year? She was in her sophomore year. Oh wow! She just finished her sophomore year. Oh yeah. wow! And then uh, the plan was to get married, and then she would transfer to New York University, and that after marriage and honeymoon, we would come back to New York. Mm-hmm. And, and then she would go to NYU to continue because she was in a speech therapy program. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, yeah, so everything went on with the planning and all I had to do was show up. Said the name of the, my, uh-huh. uh, my party, the grooms, the, the, the people in my, uh, are standing up for me and uh, what I have to wear and just show up. <laughs> the, first of all, the wedding was, was great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we um, we stayed at the um, Drake Hotel that night in Chicago, and uh, you know that's where we named our four sons. And that that's when we did it. We named huh. our four sons on our wedding night. That's and, right. That and, made more uh, sense. And then we had two boys, and then we said, "Oh my God, we got to do something because if we don't stop, we're going to have like ten, twelve children." And <laughs> uh, so we waited, and then Marianne had. We had twins, and that's when, with twins, we said, gee, you know, we better have some girls' names, and uh, Marianne loved the name Emily, and she also liked the name Heather, but she was allowed one name, and I'm allowed one name. Yeah. So we each had a name. She chose Emily, and I chose Jill. Those this is the crazy. That, those are the names that we chose in case they were girls. But in those days, you know, I didn't. I wasn't in the delivery room. I was in the waiting room, and Dr. Solomon came out. He looked at me, and he said, two peckers. I said, <laughs> two peckers? You need to say that I have four peckers? You've got four. That we have four sons? 
And so, yes, we ended up with the four sons that we had named Originally. on the night of our wedding. Unbelievable. Wow. And we Un used the same names, the same names. But now, fast forward this, this to put a sort of a, Button. you know, goes around circle, maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. sort of comes in. So now Peter and Adam. The two twins. The twins who uh, uh, they are dating seriously some girls and they decide to get married and peter marries jill barnett and adam marries emily kaplan so emily and jill so unfreaking believable yeah. so how does that happen th you that won't believe manifestation. that that it was the yeah. most amazing thing that they ended up marrying the girls names that we had picked out in case the twins were girls. Un Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> that was something else. Oh my so, god. You know, so now you know it's four kids and and so that's you know that's that's that part of the story. Yeah. So you know it's life has its ups and downs and you have your um you have your 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 times where you're tested and then you have certain things that happen in life that you don't think are ever going to happen and unfortunately for us as a family Mary Ann got sick and uh, in 1974 at the age of 33 she died and uh, I had the four sons Peter and Adam were six and Steve and David were like maybe 10 and 11 maybe 11 and 12 in that range. And then we, uh, we, you know, it was devastating. And then we had to, uh, you know, pick up the pieces. Um, my mother-in-law was very helpful. She lived a block and a half away. My two sisters-in-law were near me. And so we lived in a neighborhood where the extended family really meant something. And we, yeah. we had each other and, we collectively could work together to sort of give the boys in our lives some degree of s security and normalcy. Mm -hmm. and at the same time, we had a wonderful housekeeper who didn't live with us, but she came every day, Ruby Platt. And Marianne had talked to her a lot about what was going to happen, and Ruby decided that she was going to be uh, very helpful and she really helped raise all four of them, especially Peter and Adam, who were very young. Yeah. Yeah. And Ruby was with us for 53 years and was no question a um, somebody that really held everything together because I had to go to work and I had to come back and we had to make sure the kids were fed and go on with our life and... Uh, Ruby was able to manage the house where I didn't have to think about the house. Mm -hmm. We split the dinners up. We did light, heavy, light, heavy. She did the heavy meals. I did the light meals. And then every Friday we had a Shabbat dinner at Pearl and Fred's house. And on the weekends it was catch as catch can. Uh, we, we were very uh, regimented and disciplined during the week where we ate together and the kids studied together. And Monday through Thursday, then on the weekends, there was no structure. They had a lot of structure during the week, no structure on the weekends. 
They ate when they were hungry. They slept when they were tired. Mm-hmm. I, played know, when they... Sounds yeah, perfect. <laughs> and if I didn't see them, it's okay because we had the structure Monday through Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they were pretty much, you know, on their own and stuff. And uh, and that's how we did it. Took it a day at a time. And yeah. uh, Well, it's... it's it's unimaginable, yeah. but you, yeah. you, you held it all together. I mean, you... Yeah, well, it was... I did it, but I wasn't alone. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, but but you threw it all, you know, having the different things that happened within the growing up, the, the challenges that the boys presented, their their humor, their, their the, the yeah. trouble that they got into, which was <laughs> taken in, the, in it with some degree of humor... But at the same time, you know, I never knew what was going to happen. I never knew when I came home who was going to be there. I never knew. Sometimes I would walk in and Steve said, don't go upstairs. And I go, why? Because Dave is upstairs with his date. I said, are you kidding? This is my house. I'm going up the stairs. And I would walk up the stairs and I would yell, man on two. And then it was like, and I'd walk in and then they wouldn't budge. It would be like, are you kidding? <laughs> So I was presented with things that, but all I know is the boys, you know, because they were close, Steve and David were only 14 and a half months apart, their friends were the same. Their grades were, they mixed very well, so they had friends from both grades. And everybody liked coming over to the house. Yeah, your house was the hangout. The fun house. Yeah, the girls liked it. I don't know if they didn't feel threatened or what, or the fact, and it was the house that everybody went to and... yeah. I, I remember one night Pearl and Fred, who used to come by the house, it was <laughs> on a great. it was on a Friday night, and and I'm upstairs with Peter and Adam watching TV. Steve and David are downstairs with their friends and their dates, and uh, <laughs> and Pearl's going upstairs. He goes, Pearl, Freddie, oh hi, come on upstairs. And they go, it's so dark down here. Uh, he said, there's nobody here. I said, Grandma, they haven't come up for air. <laughs> They're, they're about they're about twenty four kids down there. Oh my god! And they're all making out like crazy, <laughs> <laughs> and they haven't come up for air. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! So That's I mean, so there, were, there were there were there uh, were a lot of there were a lot of stories, but you know, we stuck together, uh, the five of us, and we we worked it out. They had responsibilities in the house, and uh, and then with Ruby, of course, doing all our shopping, you know, doing the grocery shopping, uh, and uh, and then managing the house for us. And can you imagine what the laundry was like in that house? Yeah, wow. Uh, and um, she's an angel. She, she was. She, yeah. she was a fabulous woman, and uh, and a fitting at the end that when Adam got married, he asked Ruby. If she would walk him down the aisle as her mother, as his mother, mm-hmm. and Ruby said yes, and so Adam walked down the aisle with Ruby, and that was uh, certainly a tribute to her for everybody to tell her how much we appreciated everything. Yeah, there. and um, you know, life goes on, and uh, you have to make the best of it, and uh, uh, but still, in all, the hurt was great, still great. And it's a shame, um, but it does tell you about quality of time. How much important? How important quality of time is? Yeah. Of 
as opposed to quantity of time. You never know how much time you're going to have. And while you're there, while you're here, you, you have to be thankful for, for, for the time that you have and, and realizing how important relationships are, friendships are, and loving relationships. You know, here, you're thinking about your wedding coming up. I, I am so excited about this wedding um, because I think that you have been able to show me and probably a few million people in the world <laughs> that you guys have a friendship that is a great start to life. And the friendship that you have uh, is if, makes me feel so good about it that... You know how much I love Joey. You know, Joey is my oldest grandkid. And, you know, he's the guy who we, little pig, little pig, let me in, you know. <laughs> Not by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin. You know, we go back a long way. But I love Amanda so much. I love her as much as I love Joey. And I'm so happy for you. And I'm so happy about the wedding. And, and, and it really... And I know that I know that that you know having fourteen grandchildren and nine granddaughters, uh, that Marianne's legacy continues, and she is a part of everybody's life, mm -hmm. uh, and it, it, that's just the way it is. And uh, uh, um, uh, memory, you know, have a memory. You you know, you live forever through those memories. Yeah. And uh, seeing the granddaughters and seeing how some of them resemble Marianne in some ways and different attitudes or how they look or whatever it is. Yeah. It gives me uh, a lot of uh, promise, you know, about that and very makes me feel good about that. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's, um, uh, you, you, you have, uh, uh, I think what it is, is you have to be bigger than any one event in your life. Uh, and I think that, that is something that is true to for everybody, and that event cannot destroy you, mm. and and you have to be bigger in that event, and it is not easy, mm. but that's something that you have to work towards being bigger than that event. And uh, I I have tried really hard now that I'm eighty one, <laughs> <laughs> a very young eighty one. Yeah. <laughs> It only shows in my arthritis and my bursitis. No, and you, my have the, you have the energy <coughs> and the spirit oh, of God. a 27-year-old. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know, maybe a 70-year-old. No, <laughs> no. Anyhow, so... Uh, this is perfection. On, on yeah. that note, you know, I can tell you that um, I love you guys dearly. You're love you, Paul. love you. Ahead. And uh, I uh, look forward to being a part of your lives, and uh, I can't wait to celebrate with you and... And uh, we're so excited. And um, drink a glass of wine. <laughs> yep. And celebrate. Yes, definitely, Papa. I feel like we 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 could have like a whole series <laughs> of like your life. I mean, this was great because there was we felt every emotion in yeah. this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Every emotion. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's funny, and it's heartfelt, and it's has yeah. it's just great. Yeah. Well, thank you for inviting me. Full of me. love. Yeah, this, this is my first podcast. <laughs> how was it? How was it for you? <clears throat> I think it was easy. 
Yeah, I like uh, I so like good. the informal. You're, you're I like so the good, informal Pablo. setting here. Yeah, I'm in this very warm, loving apartment, mm-hmm. and I have that really first class microphone in front of me. Yeah. Shout Thank out you. To Road. Shout out Road. Thank yeah, you. right. And uh, and now uh, let's go have dinner. Yes. Yeah. Love you so much, Papa. Love you. Love I love you. you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.